All right, uh, friends, we are here tonight uh, in our issues affecting the church today, uh, Bible study, and today we'll be looking at the roles of men and women in the home. We have looked at the roles, the overview, the biblical uh, roles of men and women. We also looked at how men should, uh, the roles of men in the church and the roles of women in the church. Now we desire to look at what the roles of men and women are in the home. And you would agree with me that uh, when I say that we have witnessed uh, the disintegration of the home uh, in the home in recent years. The rate of fatherlessness or homes with no fathers, uh, i.e. absentee fathers, has skyrocketed. The, the, the rate of women who abdicate their basic God-ordained duties is alarming. And friends, I want to say to you today that we are witnessing the desecration of the home. The desecration of the family unit. And of course, it's because of the sinfulness of man. But I would say that the, the devil is using many mechanisms to destroy the roles of men and women. The devil, uh, with all his uh, sort of uh, slyness or being cunning, has taken advantage of the sinfulness of man and pushed many agendas which are a threat to the roles of men and women in the home. So in our, in our previous studies, we have already established that God created man in his own image the word there represents both genders male and female all right so when the bible says so god made man in his own image and then said male and female he created them etc etc it just simply means that men and women male or female Indonesian or German, uh, Zulu, or someone coming from the Amazon jungle is created in the image of God. It sets apart human beings from every other creation or anything else that has been created. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. Then, the, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created and blessed them. I, I, like, I like how the, even Moses, uh, in that time, being uh, under the influence or the inspiration 
of the Holy Spirit was bold enough to say, friends, in case you don't understand, God created man in his own image and then he showed them that when I say man, I mean male and female, the different genders, almost to suggest to say that, okay, I know that one day you may have issues or problems with these things. So understand it now, right at the beginning, that God created man, male and female, in his own image. And the image of God, he created them. This means that man and woman are equal in being. But as we'll see later on, they are to have or have different roles. But also I want us to see that in terms of timeline and creation order, the man, male, was created first. He was created alone, being God's image bearer himself. This was the man, Adam. He was the first human being and was male. The woman was created second from the rib of the man. In fact, this was done after God had put Adam in the garden to till the land and cultivate it. You can see that in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. And, and Adam gave names to all the livestock. He said, you are going to be a zebra, you're going to be an impala, there's a pangolin, there's a dog, there's a donkey, etc., etc. But the Bible goes on to say, there was no suitable helper for, for him. God saw that, okay, no, Adam has named all these animals, but there is no suitable helper for him. There is nothing... Uh, in all these created things that is suitable to go hand in hand with Adam. Friends, I want to tell you this evening that Eve was created when Adam was already working and spearheading operations. He already started tilling the land. He already started naming the animals. He was doing what God had intended and made him for, and that was the purpose. But she was then created from his rib. The Bible says no suitable helper was found for him. So God fashioned a suitable helper for him who was to be one, his companion. Because he could not dwell forever in companionship with animals. That is why even to today, you see people who are obsessed with animals. Some even go as far as marrying animals. But still, they are trying to undo what God has had in place. And it doesn't end well. A dog will never be a companion like your wife or your husband. Never. It's, it's, it's completely unnatural. Completely against what God is, has ordained. Number two, to help 
with the work of tilling the land. And Eve was to help Adam with the work of tilling the land. In other words, farming, ETC. Now, how she was going to help is only left for us to imagine. He, she could be in the same uh, sort of uh, land tilling with him together. The Bible doesn't specify. She could be collecting what he has tilled. She could be collecting water and helping him water, etc. It was meant, she was meant to be a helper to make life more bearable, <laughs> to make life more easier for him. Number three, as earlier on stated, she was also meant to be a helpmeet to subdue the earth, exercise dominion, and multiply. So when we talk about subduing the earth, we're talking about tilling the land, keeping the animals, stewarding the animals, and multiplication by having children and raising them up to fear God. Because they were created by God. For God. By God. And so naturally, they were to raise these children and raise them up in the fear of the Lord. God Almighty. Fourthly, it was to satisfy Adam and also the helpmeet sexually. The animals were not suitable for Adam. They were not appropriate for him. Because obviously, when the Bible says, you know, after Adam named the animals, the animals had mates, right? They were going mate and procreate and multiply. But when the Bible says there was no helper found suitable for him, it means that Adam could not mate and reproduce with animals. What about the effects of the fall? We know Genesis 3 was the fall. So what were the effects of the fall? The fall tainted and damaged man. I want, I want us to be very clear on this one. It tainted and damaged humanity, but it didn't change the foundation. It didn't erase the foundation. For example, man remained man. Woman remained woman. The fall did not say, well, you know, because the fall, sin has now entered into the world, Adam, you now change and be a woman. No. That is only sinful mankind's ideology. It only comes from a, from a, from a mind and a heart that is, that is totally depraved. A mind and a heart that is devoid of God. A mind and a heart that is rebellious against God can only come to you and say, you have the right to change your organs and change your gender. Women remained women. Work was not done away with, but it was hard. By the sweat of your brow, you shall eat. 
Mankind was to multiply, but it was going to be hard. Through childbearing, you know, you could, you, you, your pains will be, will be multiplied through childbearing. Yes, God does give children. It's common grace. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord that the fall of man did not eradicate uh, childbirth altogether. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord that we even can even see common grace that we can have children. Because, you know, if we think about if the fall was devastating as it could get, probably would not be here. But mankind could still multiply, but still it was going to be hard. The process of living was hard by the sweat of your brow. Birthing children was hard. That's why you've got people with children with complications. Births with complications. There's going to be toil, heartbreak, tough, toughness because of sin. So what, were, what remained of the roles of men and women? Well, I want to say that they remained the same. Men, like Adam, were and are to lead to provide to care for their wives, who are to submit, to be a companion, to be a helper, suitable for him or her. So this will bring us to two views that have affected the roles of men and women. And I want you to uh, just remember them uh, uh, quite vividly and not forget them because it's still an ongoing debate up to today. And the ongoing debate is uh, on egalitarianism and complementarianism. The first egalitarianism claims to uphold the authority of scripture so these people will tell you we uphold the scriptures our position is scriptural whilst also embracing a feminist understanding of equality between men and women so in egalitarianism not only do men and women share equally in the divine image but they also share equally in leadership roles in the church, in the home, and beyond. So, Brother Anthony, you want to know why society is filled with women CEO egalitarianism? You want to know why society is filled with... Uh, Men and women competing against each other. Different roles. Men thinking that they are women and women thinking that they are men and so much confusion. It's embedded in egalitarianism. And my argument is that egalitarianism is actually a sinful understanding of the roles of men and women. And we see that the Bible does not assign leadership. Uh, well, they say the Bible does not assign leadership in any sphere of life based on gender. Egalitarian, egalitarians believe that there is a certain complementary aspect to marriage, but do not believe in a hierarchy. 
In other words, they don't believe that God is the head of the man and the, head, and the man is the head of the woman. They believe that all are equal. They believe that all are on the same wavelength. So a woman can in fact be a leader in the home. A woman can tell the man to submit to her. Or maybe they would say, well, Pastor Joe, you are, uh, you know, you are strawmanning our arguments. We just believe all of us are equal. There's no head. We just agree. We just agree. We, but I would even argue to say how then, would you know, what type of house would they be if all of us are equal? And all of us, how, how will we even agree? What is the level? If you're saying it's a level playing field, how would you agree? And we see that egalitarian interpretations of Genesis 1 to 3 argue that male hierarchy is rooted in the fall and not in God's original good creation. In fact, so they twist Genesis uh, chapter 1 to 3 and say, well, you know, actually God did not intend for man to be the head and woman to submit. No, 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 no. God intended that, you know, it was the fall that, that, that created that. It was the fall that made men to be leaders. So they'll tell you the feminist movement is the best thing that has ever happened to women. If you talk to feminists, they'll say that. Uh, the feminist movement has emancipated women from slavery. It has freed women from slavery. Women can now express themselves. That's why you see nowadays there's all this push, you know, for women empowerment everywhere. And I'm not saying all of it is bad. No, no, no. I'm just saying there's a push for sort of women to uh, assume higher roles in the home, higher roles in society, such that they can be said that they have been freed from tyranny of men, freed from tyranny of being looked down upon by men, or being confined to the home. That is why, if you say you're a housewife in community, they look down upon you. They even ask you, uh, for example, let's say maybe you're sitting for an interview, uh, or they're just asking funny questions. They'll say, maybe these census guys that came, they say, ah, where do you work? I work in the home. Ah, so you're not working. <laughs> That's what they say. Ah, so you're not working. But, no, 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 no. What do you mean? Do I spend the whole day sleeping at home? I'm, I'm talking for the women. If they're housewives. So, there's this push, and, and this has affected many women in our society, that they do not, you know, everyone who is brought up in this system has got this mindset whereby I want to be someone great, and greatness is found everywhere apart from the home. Even Christians... It's sad that even Christians believe so. Well, oh, 
You need to go to school. You need to get a degree as a woman. You need women empowerment. You need to get your own bank account, your own car. You need to get your own house. That's when you can even think about marrying. But even if you marry, you are your own boss. Don't depend on a man. That's what they say. But friends, this is going against God's order. And there are consequences. Believe it or not, many people are reaping consequences out there. They may even tell you or look like they're doing well. But trust me, if you dig deep, you'll see that no, these people are not doing well. They've gone against what God wants. So according to the egalitarians, redemption in Christ aims to remove these oppressive social inequalities. So thus Galatians 3.28 is a central text for the, for, for the egalitarian. For in this text, if you turn there, Paul declares, Galatians 3.28 there is neither Jew or Greek, no Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Jesus Christ. They, 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 they forsake the context. They actually miss what Paul is talking about. Paul is actually saying that in that society, uh, Jewish men uh, would have the temptation to think that salvation only belongs to men. But in Christ Jesus, we are one. Salvation does not only belong to women and men, it belongs to all. You can be saved. Not only Jews or, or can be saved but Greeks as well. Not, even, not only the rich men, but also the, the vagabonds, the low lives, the rejects of society. The person you say, this one is useless, can be saved. That's what Paul's argument is. And they take it and twist it and say, no, 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 no. Christ came to remove social inequalities. So that's why we are now equal to man. That's the egalitarian view. And what I can say is that egalitarians are many. In, in, as I conclude on what they believe, there are many. Egalitarians have also managed to win men over to their side. Have you ever seen men who don't want to take responsibility? Uh, women CEOs, women politicians, they're even vying for women to be presidents. You know? They don't want to take responsibility, so they sort of you know defer responsibility and leadership to the woman. It's because the men have become feminized and the women have become masculine in their approach. Actually, what is 
really described in Genesis chapter 3. Where Genesis chapter 3 says your desire, which is a very good desire, will be for your husband. To usurp your husband. And we see it. It's happening all over the place. You can, you don't have to go far, friends. It, it is a disaster in society. It's because the home is now a disaster. Sometimes it breaks my heart to see if you go out here, you see all these women selling on the market. You know, going to tell the majority of vendors are women. They ask, where are the men? And you think maybe you're going to tell the see men. And just a few work about it. Most are low lives. Doing things which are not God glorifying. It's because all those things have been reversed. The forsaken God. Let's look at complementarianism. Alright? So the term complementarianism was coined in 1988 to refer to the teaching of the Danvers Statement, which says that while men, excuse me, and women are created equally in the image of God and have equal value and dignity, they nevertheless have different complementary callings, both in marriage and the church. We have gone through Ephesians in our in our church. Uh, for even the past, in fact, for the past few years, we have gone through Ephesians. And one text that really exposes roles of men and women in the in the in the home is uh, Ephesians chapter five. So if you could just turn there for a bit and i'll just read through it uh i won't do a major exposition but this is just to remind us to see let's not forget the bigger picture let's not forget what god has called us to do verse 22 of chapter 5 wives submit to your own husband so the wife is to come under we've looked at that Come under their own husbands. That's how they are to live in the home. So in other words, they submit to the husband's leadership. The, hus the husband's love, care, direction. You know, there are some women who don't want to be directed. There are some women who don't want to be told what to do in the home by the husband. Say, no, no. Um, can you just sweep here? It could be called abuse in this offended age. We see, for the husband is the head of the wife. Look at that. As Christ is the head of the church. It's very clear, crystal clear in the scriptures. As Christ is the head of the church, his body and himself is savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Right? Everything here just means that everything that God permits. You know, she's not to submit to immorality. If your husband says, go into prostitution, that's sinful. 
Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of, of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Sorry, yeah. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Because we are members of his body. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her. Simple. Clear. Complementarianism also shows that there's a mark in biological difference. That there's a foundational biological distinction between male and female, and it is the body's organization for reproduction. Males have penises. Females have vaginas. If you say that now, that is an offensive statement. Whoa, 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 what do you mean? What do you mean? This is abusive. <laughs> this I'm offended right now. Not only biological differences, there's also social differences. Where that there are only roles that men can only fill. And roles that women can only fill in the church. Right? For example, women cannot be preachers or elders or pastors. That is designated to men. Even in society, that's what it is. But society is broken because the home is broken. That's, that's really the issue. The issue starts in the home, then goes to the church, then society. If the home is not organized in the way that God wants it to be organized, best believe it will affect the church and then it will affect society. You see women trying to be soldiers. Dare I even say truck drivers. Now, this is a very controversial statement because I want you to think of it this way. I think we had this, this conversation the other day when I was telling you that when you're driving in town, there are certain women, uh, well, even before you see that it's a woman, you see a, a big car or a truck struggling to start off from a robot or even sudden breaking and you say ah, who is this what is happening here or even just uh what i would call irregular driving and then i say oh it's a woman 
And almost every time, it's a woman. And I ask myself, okay, why are you driving such a big car? Because clearly your physique cannot handle this car. Neither can you even handle the pressures of driving in a place like this. Now, it should show us something. That friends, even socially, there are roles that men and women should fill. It should not be something that is, you know, what I would call, um, yeah, sort of, it, it, it's not something that should raise eyebrows or controversial. But it's clear even in society, such small things show you that, okay, no, you are not made for this. You are not. You can try for a while, but you end up falling out of somewhere, somewhere. But also you see that some realize that the way God made them is not compatible with the way they are functioning. But they are too pumped up with their pride to admit the wrong, so they just stay. Now, notice I'm not arguing to say women can't work outside. No. <laughs> I'm arguing for roles. Okay. You want to work. Okay. At least get a job that you can handle physically. At least get a job that you can handle emotionally. Mentally even. When we think about this debate, let me let, let me list a few things that can actually get you cancelled in this world, my friends. Uh, or even people. Controversial statements that if, if we were to post on social media, Anthony, I would I would really, really bet you that you would get cancelled. Number one, stay at home dads that take care of their children while the mom goes out to earn a living are insane. We cancel. So, Fenzi, you are bigoted. Men with long hair and men who braid women's hair. When I'm talking about men with long hair, I'm saying long hair. Rasta, even Rasta, if you speak against that or say something about that, because doesn't the Old Testament forbid men to have long hair? Of course, it's not said in the New Testament, but the Old Testament does, of course. But I'm saying, if you were to comment on somebody's permed hair, a man, and you say, why do you have permed hair? Why have you put dark and lovely on your hair? Isn't that meant for women? Why are you cross-dressing? You get cancelled. Even men who braid women's hair. Like, for example, in, in hair salons. Like braid. Like uh, uh, someone 
who is a a a a what you call a a man who is a hairdresser who braids women's hair it's a natural for me at least that's an opinion you get cancelled <laughs> you get cancelled all right women soldiers police women you comment on that security guards you get cancelled sports that have men and women who fight you get cancelled women who lead their homes boss the man and make all decisions if you comment on that you get cancelled the family who spends a lot of nights out eating because the woman can't actually cook <laughs> you get cancelled maybe the woman actually can't cook or has no interest in cooking so you just spend your money buying takeaways and then you comment on that you get cancelled the father is out drinking whilst the family has no food you comment on that they cancel because they just want to drink they love their sin they'll tell you no Bo, you're drinking six packs i've met men like that even in the church there's some people who prioritize other other things over their their, their family's welfare what about this one the husband who is so weak that he abdicates his responsibilities and leaves it forth to the wife to make every decision a, a, a husband who defers his authority i know you know even big decisions especially big decisions I know. all right let's get to the application as we close And these applications come from the Denver Statement, which is found on the Council for Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. It's a nice, a very nice website, which shows the clear distinctions of, uh, you know, roles of men and women. So. This is what they say. They say distinctions in masculine and feminine roles are ordained by God as part of the created order and should find an echo in every human heart. Adam's headship in marriage was established by God before the fall as, and was not a result of sin. Right? So in the home, the husband's loving humble headship tends to be replaced by domination or, or passivity the wife's intelligent willing submission tends to be replaced by usurpation or servility so they acknowledge that in the home where a man and a woman live and are married in a covenant marriage they can be Passivity from the man or domination. And from the woman's side, they acknowledge that they can be usurpation. Usurpation just means that you want to take advantage or take the role of leading the home. Where you think, I know the husband is veering off 
Let me try and lead you. There's some women who do that. Some men who are passive and the woman leaves. There's some men who are so dominating that the woman is oppressed in the home. So they also say that both Old and New Testament also affirm the principle of male headship in the family and in the covenant community. And redemption in Christ aims at removing the distortions introduced by the curse. We are convinced that a denial or neglect of these principle, principles will lead to increasingly destructive consequences in our families, in our churches, and the culture so if you notice i have not said okay anthony if you're a if you're a husband your main role is to just sweep the carpet go into the garden etc etc i think those are things that you would discuss and arrange as you live with your spouse to say I will take this up. This is my duty. I know that I'll be doing this. Because there are some duties which are intertwined. They are neither, uh, you know, specifically for women or specifically for men. You can't say taking out the trash to the gate is only for men or only for women. Can you? You can't say maybe uh you know raising up goats there are some women i know who raise up goats maybe taking care milking the goats milking the cow depends where you are you know but the point is there has to be clear roles which have been discussed prayed upon and agreed upon say, no, no. you know what i think here when you start doing this you're now going into the realm of leadership here when you do this you're not going to the realm of domination here when you do this you're not going to the realm of passive here when you do this you know so it's not like it's an issue that is well clear cut and you know you there are no obstacles to be able to get to where god wants to get to but it's an issue of knowing the god-given roles as set in the bible and those god-given uh, laws and rules and and roles will then translate to how we live so if i know as a man what am i supposed to be doing in the home whether it's in the home oh i know that no my duty is to provide what am i doing to earn a living what am i doing to get an income so that the family is not starving am i pushing my wife to be the sole breadwinner am i putting pressure on my wife to work maybe if she maybe she doesn't want an outside job outside the home is my passivity pushing it to start seeking for other income what about to the woman i know that i'm supposed to be cooking for my husband cooking for the children is my lack of diligence causing 
my husband to want to cook instead. Maybe even after coming from a day's, a long day's work outside and coming to the home. You have not done it. Or maybe let's say you also work outside. But when you come in the home, still it's your duty to tend to the pots, to make sure the house is there's cooking to make sure that things are, are, are well in the kitchen the house is neat clean environment livable you know so <laughs> I know it's a difficult one it's a, it's a difficult topic but I pray that God may help us I'll give this time for Questions or contributions? I know that uh, there were there were there were some eyebrows raised over some points. <laughs>